that there's a big announcement today. I've had people texting me from out of state asking, what's the big announcement? I'm glad there's so much interest in it. Well, that announcement that they're asking me about and the one that you've heard about, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But right now, I'm going to tell you what the big announcement is. And the big announcement is, I'm not the first to announce it. And whenever it is announced, though, it is always the big announcement. And I want to share it with you the way Paul the Apostle shared it with a church in Corinth, and he shared it as the big announcement. Hear these words from 1 Corinthians 15. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. The message that I proclaimed and that you made your own. This message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. I'm assuming now that your belief was the real thing and not a passing fancy. That you're in this for good and you're holding fast. The first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me. That the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as Scripture tells it. That he was buried. That he was raised from death on the third day. Again, exactly as Scripture says. That he presented himself alive to Peter, then to his closest followers, and later to more than 500 of the followers, all at the same time. Most of them still around, although a few have since died. That he then spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him. And that he finally presented himself alive to me. It was fitting that I bring up the rear I don't deserve to be included in that inner circle, as you well know, having spent all those early years trying my best to stamp out God's church right out of existence. But because God was so gracious, so very generous, here I am. And I'm not about to let His grace go to waste. Haven't I worked hard trying to do more than any of the others? Even then, my work didn't amount to all that much. It was God giving me the work to do, God giving me the energy to do it. So whether you heard it from me or heard it from others, it's all the same. We spoke God's truth and you entrusted your lives. Friends, that's the big announcement. It's God's announcement. And God's announcement is always the big announcement. On January 31st, it'll be the big announcement tomorrow. It's been the big announcement from the day that the Corinthian church read this letter aloud. That which was of first importance. What was it, Paul? What was of such great importance? That Jesus Christ died. He was buried. All of that according to Scripture. And that he was resurrected. Again, according to Scripture. And people saw it. They witnessed it, and they told it, and it changed all of existence. Now, I wouldn't blame you if in doing this, you thought, hey, we're about to hear the big announcement. And then when I started in on 1 Corinthians, the thought crossed your mind, oh, well, that, we know that. I won't fault you for that. In fact, as I was writing this, I kind of thought that myself. 
But any time that God's big announcement doesn't take the place of the big announcement, we're missing the point. We're forgetting what really matters. This is the announcement, this above all announcements. By the way, I want to say this. The announcements and the presentations that are coming up later, I'm excited about them. And I want you to be excited about them too. But they all fit into the big announcement by God. Without that, the rest of it is just, as, as Paul said, we would be wasting our time if not for that. But we're not going to waste our time. Jesus Christ, crucified and raised, when you consider that truth and that reality, then everything else falls into perspective. That every other announcement and every other thing that we do goes back to that. In fact, the Lord's Supper that we're about to partake in, I know that this ritual, this, this, this ceremony, this observance, this Lord's Supper, call it what you want, and we can call it many things, but without the truth of Jesus Christ, crucified and raised, this becomes nothing more than an empty ritual. The purpose of the communion, Jesus said, is that you will remember me every time you partake of it. Paul in Corinthians, and and by the way, when you read that book of Corinthians and you get to the end where he proclaims the big announcement, you look back at the dozen or more topics that the Corinthian church had to ask because it was important to them. You look at all of those topics, and at the end you realize Paul kept going back to that big announcement to answer those. And when it comes to the Lord's Supper, he says, every time you eat this bread, Every time you drink this cup, you're making an announcement. You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's notice what it announces. It announces his death. The announcement is not, he is dead. That would be a sad and tragic announcement. But part of the announcement is that he died He was crucified for our sins. He was crucified, and God worked that into his plans, just as Scripture said. But then there's that word, until. It doesn't erase the death, but it changes the meaning of death. Until he comes again. This Lord's Supper is an announcement. It's an announcement of the the promise that Christ will come again. And that you and I will not always be partaking of this meal with God. But there will come come a day when we are gathered at His table. And we gather together for a communion meal that's not a remembrance, but we're there with Him face to face. And so when we partake of this meal, we are announcing that there's a new meal coming one day. And that meal is one where we will be fully in the presence of our Savior and our King. He will be our host, and we will be happy to have a seat at that table. This is what we announce in the communion. Will you give thanks with me that we have been invited to this meal? Will you pray with me that we may announce the Lord's death until he comes again?
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this bread broken for us, your son's body crucified. We announce his death. And in announcing his death, we know that that death changes reality. It changes our future. It changes our hope. And it changes the nature of death. Father, we are thankful for this moment to remember. And we ask that in sharing this bread with one another, we may make this announcement to all those who share in it with us. Father, we give thanks in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll let you introduce everyone. Thanks, Chris. Can you hear me? Right here? All right. Thank you. Um, Again, my name is Bill Camp, and uh, I have been uh, fortunate enough to be asked to work with a great group of people, a very talented group of people, and they are Lou Winchell, Rachel Snyder, Jordan Brown, and Darren Chilton. got to know this. Uh, it, it's always intimidating to be up here, okay? But I want you to, those are the same people out there that if they were up here, okay? They're the same people you're going to be eating a hot dog with later. So we're all good. Let's enjoy it. This group was assembled in May uh, of last year um, and asked to explore and assess the, the physical building and grounds that we have here and how we can make those, uh, this building and those grounds uh, fit into our vision, which is to be more friendly, more inviting, more intimate, and more participatory. So we got together and started meeting on a weekly basis and explored and exchanged ideas, gathered information. We visited with our ministry leaders and our elders uh, to get their input. And we visited with other congregations that have had tremendous growth, several of them, uh, on, how, on what they did and how we can uh, address our physical facilities from that standpoint. This building is over 30 years old at this point and, quite frankly, needs some updating, particularly some areas we've identified are our restroom facilities, our lighting, maybe the paint. Sorry if I dropped that and you can't hear me. Our overall appearance, the ease of visitors and newcomers uh, finding where they want to go in the building, classrooms. All this needs to be addressed. So what this team has done is we have developed a starting point, if you will, that we want to share with you today uh, that will get us on on our journey towards accomplishing the goal of being friendly, inviting, intimate, and participatory. As we communicate these to you, as we communicate these ideas to you, we want you to know that there has been no set plans, 
No financial resources have been spent, dedicated, or anything towards a plan. What we want today is to give you our vision, and we ask in these Talk It Up sessions that you give us your ideas and your feedback, because together, with God's blessing, we can move forward and continue to do the great works that this congregation has done and will continue to do. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Rachel and let her give you our vision. Good morning. First, I'd like to begin by addressing a rumor that's been circulating. Can this building actually withstand an earthquake or tornado? Well, I guess it's safe to say um, you wouldn't want to stand by the glass windows or doors, um, but the concrete framework throughout the building makes it comparable in strength to a FEMA-certified shelter. I don't know what God's plans for the future are, but I know that the physics of this building says it will be around for a long time. On the other hand, our concrete facility presents some structural limitations in how we can renovate it. Um, I'll try not to get into too many boring details about our renovation ideas, but please understand that our team is aware of the strengths and limitations of our facility. Um, our building, or most of it anyway, is 32 years old. If you've ever moved from one residence to the next, you know how stuff just accumulates. Our building is no different. We've got obsolete, unused, and broken stuff in nearly every room of this building. Every great renovation begins with a purge. Cleaning house isn't fun, but it's a rewarding first step towards being more friendly, intimate, inviting, and participatory. Imagine you've never seen our building before and you drive up. What would you think? You'd probably think something impersonal like, that's a really big, flat, beige building. And I'm sure you'd feel at least a small amount of intimidation while walking up the front steps because you wouldn't know what to expect when you stepped inside. But how can we change that? One simple idea we've had um, to make a fir better first impression with our building is to change the style from southwest to Spanish colonial. Think Spanish roof tiles, wooden pergolas covering the walkways, ledge stone wrapped around the columns, wrought iron railing in front of the windows and on the balcony, an outdoor patio area with a kitchen, grill, fireplace, and seating area. And at night, there would be uplighting to highlight the building and its features. This big, flat, beige building, which has looked the same for 32 years, could be fresh and beautiful. It would look inviting to someone who's never been here and intriguing to someone who's driven by it all these years. Okay, but maybe you're not a person who really cares what the building looks like. Maybe you're concerned that improving the aesthetics won't actually improve how we reach people on the outside. I hear you. We need better communication. How can we improve this? Well, I'm sure you've noticed how the university across the street is buying up every single square foot of land in this area that they can get their hands on. What does that mean for us? that we have one of the foremost advertising locations in the city, right behind me on the corner of Grand and Waldron. And what are we doing with this? Basically, we've nailed large letters onto the wall. I don't want to sound overly critical, but our exterior signage is behind the times. 
What if we put up a large digital billboard instead and we advertised our class times, worship times, special events, even pictures of people praying and singing or having a meal together, and everyone who goes to the intersection would see it? Do you think that would reach people on the outside? The next space we're going to share with you is the foyer, and Jordan is going to talk about that. Unless you were here for the merge of the two congregations, I would like for you to think back to your first time attending West Ark. Uh, For my family, that was a little less than four years ago. We were late, which was common for us, and I think it's fairly common for visitors and new members. Um, It was spring break, so Paul Shirley was gone. He wasn't there to greet you. Um, We walked in, um, and and we saw a sign, and I can't remember if it was on this, this beam the big square thing right there, or if it was over here, but we, we found the, the class we wanted to attend. And I don't remember what class it was, but it was on the second floor, 211, 210, whatever it was. And so we stood there for like 10 minutes looking for staircases. Um, luckily, the Gann family was even later than we were. They came in and said, okay, I'll, I'll tell you where you want to go. Um, I don't think it was until about two years later I even found out that there were staircases right behind the auditorium. Did y'all know that those staircases are there? Yeah. I don't think anybody ever uses them. Um, so one of the goals in, in, in talking about the foyer was to open up sight lines um, so that when you walk in the door, um, you can say, okay, there's where I drop my kids off. There's where the auditorium is. Um, and, and we may not be able to get straight sight lines to the, the staircases, um, but we, we adjust where Christy Alexander works all of her magic on Sunday morning, and, and we make it very obvious, and we make it multifunctioning. Not only is it a, a place where you can go get coffee, but it's a place where you can go get information. Um, we talked a lot about women's restrooms, and, and again, being a guy, I had no idea that, that those were an issue. Um, but we, we talked about expanding backwards, and, and, and behind... Oh, man, I keep... Will you back up one more time? Sorry. One more. Um, this wall, see if I can do this, this wall right back here is a firewall. So we couldn't push the restrooms back any further. Um, talk to the architect, and, and by the way, I think we pushed the limits of what an architect will do for free. Uh, but we talked to the architect, um, and he said that we could, because plumbing already exists, move our restrooms to where room 106 is right now. Um, and expand and give plenty of women's restrooms, plenty of men's restrooms. Um, So that was really helpful. And then we can open that up, um, if you would click one time, um, so that when you walk in the front door, if we line the back wall back here with glass, you would be able to see from the front door all the way to the baptistry. Um, And you can do that even with the firewall in place. There are ways that that, that they can work that magic there. Um, so if, if I'm a new member, I walk in, I say, okay, there's where the auditorium is, and a lot of new members are going to go to the auditorium class first. There's where the auditorium is. There's where I drop my kids off. Um, and, and there's the, the coffee bar, whatever you want to call that, where there's information. Um, we talked about a lot of different plans on, on how to get that information into the new members' hands. Um, we also talked about separating the libraries out, and we talked a lot about our library. Do we want to keep books? Do we want to go to computers? Um, I know that for my family, as soon as the services are over, we congregate right out there uh, to meet up, to find out our lunch plans, to to find out where friends or family are going to go. And if you'll do that this afternoon, you'll see lots of kids running in and out of the library, checking out books, reading, just waiting for their family to make up their decision. Uh, So we wanted to to retain that. 
um, but we also wanted to separate the, the, the adult library out um, so that we can keep a classroom out of that space. Um, did I miss anything? Okay. Pretty pictures up there. Um, again, the, 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 I don't necessarily want to call it a coffee bar, but a coffee station, an information station, um, something there in the center. Um, clean up the lines. The bottom right corner shows the glass in the back of the auditorium. Um, I think that that is, is very inviting. I think that, that if I were a new member walking in, I, I would really like to see that. Our existing library, like Jordan said, is actually more than a library. Um, it's a place for people to gather for classes and meetings, but it could really be so much more. Um, what if we moved the library across to the other side of the foyer and added some new features like a fireplace, some comfortable furniture, and a kitchenette? Those things would transform the space from merely a formal classroom setting into a gathering spot, your Sunday morning coffee drinking, talking to friends, meeting visitors spot. And it wouldn't stop there. It would be a multi-purpose gathering space that serves as a room to host bridal or baby showers or host a small group fellowship or luncheon. And I've left out the best part. You remember the patio I mentioned a few minutes ago? You'd walk straight out of the library and onto the patio, which is also connected to an outdoor balcony on the second floor. The possibility for fellowshipping that space has now grown exponentially and if that isn't enough, imagine what that would look like to people on the outside to see us hanging out together, spending time with one another, just as Christians should. Another thing we share is intimate moments together. One of our favorites is weddings. We're told in the Bible that we are the bride of Christ and we are to prepare ourselves for our groom. And every bride needs a place to prepare for her groom. We could use a space in the nursery area that's not currently being utilized for just this purpose. And it wouldn't feel like a Sunday school classroom in a church building. It would have all the amenities a bride needs, like long mirrors, hooks up high to hang dresses on, a restroom and sinks, comfortable furniture. In addition, it would serve as a space to use um, during funerals for family members by creating this private, intimate space for brides and grieving families. We acknowledge that these are significant events in their lives, and we care about their experience. All right, so now let's move on to a much less intimate and much more participatory space, this auditorium. I wonder how many people are thinking, so now they're going to talk about the chairs. And yes, let's talk about the chairs and the pews. Um, we've considered both sides of the discussion, Buying new chairs is less expensive than buying new pews, and having chairs increases the ver versatility of the space, but pews are more traditional, and since we already have them, it wouldn't actually cost us anything to keep them. Um, remember, I mentioned that this building has its limitations. Well, let me bring one of those to light. If you'll notice, in this room, there is a break between the back section of pews and the front section. Um, the back section is actually on such a steep slope that it eliminates the possibility of using that part of the auditorium for anything but pews, like how we have it set up right now. Um, I'll reiterate by saying that in order for us to put pews <coughs> in the back section of the auditorium, uh, we would have to cut a portion of the back legs, or I'm sorry, for us to put chairs in the back section of the auditorium, we would have to cut a portion of the back legs off of each chair, 
Um, otherwise, people would be sliding out of their chairs onto the floor. So it makes the most sense to use pews in that section of the auditorium. However, the auditorium has a strength. The front section of this room is level enough that it offers up the possibility of using it as a multi-purpose space, uh, meaning we could do more than just attend weddings and worship here. Like we could reconfigure the arrangement with tables and chairs and host a conference or a dinner and a movie night or have a special singing service and put risers on either side of the stage, except we can't do that as long as the pews are in the way. Um, Thus, we fill the pews in the front section. Um, It would be better to replace them with chairs, and that would make this a more participatory space. Okay. Um, All right, let's move on. Our lighting in here, like Bill mentioned, is completely inadequate. Um, We can't dim the lights. Um, We can't turn them back on quickly once they've been shut off. And people can't see their Bibles very well because the lighting is so bad. Um, So we think it makes sense to update the lighting in here. And you probably noticed that we have two stages up here, an upper and a lower stage. Originally, in 1983, there was only the upper stage. However, in time, it was felt that by putting the preacher or song leader um, up there, it was like we were distancing him from uh, the rest of the congregation, so we built a lower stage. And speaking of distance, think of how high the baptistry is off the floor. And it's behind this huge screen, which is off-center, and has to be raised and lowered every time for a baptism. Um, The baptistry feels like an afterthought, when in reality, baptism is a key element of our faith. This space just doesn't function well. So how can we fix that? Um, We can get rid of the double stage and just have one and make it larger and come out into the audience more. Um, Not only that, but we could lower the baptistry and bring it out literally onto the stage, making it front and center. That not only reflects our feelings about the importance of baptism, but it also allows for members of the audience to gather on stage and surround the person being baptized. Um, A baptism would go from a spectator event to a participatory occasion. Um, Now what about behind the stage? Um, As you see, that includes a communion preparation room slash photography studio, a women's dressing room, and a men's dressing room. Men, this is the only time that you'll get more space than the ladies, and that's because you're always going to have at least one man changing clothes for a baptism, and half the time you're going to have two men. Um, But that also allows the room to serve as the groom's dressing room, which complements the brighter room, again, acknowledging that your wedding is an important event in your life, and we care about your experience. So Jordan's already mentioned how we can open up the foyer, and then when you walked in the front doors, you'd be able to see the flock check-in station. Um, That's the area for the two-year-olds through first graders. There would also be a glass wall on the other side, so you can see into the flock from the gym. Uh, That way, no matter what side you enter from, you could always see where to drop off your little ones. Kids this age, they have different needs and tastes in decor um, than the adults. So we feel the flock should be designed with children in mind, with kid-friendly colors and patterns, with kid-sized furniture, and with safety considerations. We want to incorporate that into the flock area because that's inviting to a child and gives peace of mind to their parents. What we've dreamed up for the new flock area would also solve a few issues that are present in the existing space. Um, such as inadequate restrooms, 
a fire exit that poses a safety hazard, and a hallway with poor line of sight to the classroom doors. And additionally, <clears throat> we've incorporated a family restroom into the space that would serve both children and adults. Okay, so we've talked about the entire first floor of the main building. Now let's talk about the second floor. Um, the second floor of our building is far from perfect. It's a hodgepodge of classrooms and hallways, and it's such an awkward space that even if you're not a first-time visitor, you still feel like you're walking through a maze. Um, when I'm disoriented in a space, trying to find where I'm going and not seeing any signs, I feel like I just want to get out of there. And the second floor of our building gets worse. Um, every time I trek across the walking track over to the youth group room, that's the rooms that are above the gym kitchen and re- um, kitchen and restrooms, I feel this sense of detachment, like the youth group area is a separate space that's not really a part of the rest of our building. And you know what? All those feelings of confusion, disorientation, awkwardness, and detachment about the physical building translate into feelings of awkwardness and detachment from the rest of the church. And I'm not talking about the church building. I'm talking about us, West Ark Church of Christ. This isn't how we want the youth group to feel or the rest of the users of the second floor space. So how can we fix it? Um, For one, we can move the youth group room over to the main building. That way they feel like they're actually a part of us and not an afterthought. Um, This move would also allow them to have a larger, more, more functional space with useful features like movable partition walls, so they could divide the space into smaller, more intimate spaces for um, discussion. You'll notice on the floor plan that some of the other spaces have shifted as well, um, such as moving the gateway to the southern side of the second floor and moving the Lao congregation to the space where the youth group currently meets. Um, All of these moves, along with improving the signage, adding an outdoor balcony, A kitchen nook and additional restrooms um, serve to make the second floor feel more friendly, intimate, inviting, and participatory. The good news is I only have one slide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to reiterate real quickly, uh, we're hitting you with a lot of information, um, and I want to reiterate what Bill started out by saying. This project starts right now. Uh, We've shown you a lot of cool stuff and a lot of things that we've been looking at and exploring and and getting as much free time from the architects as possible Uh, just to kind of explore uh, so that we can better, we're better equipped to answer questions that they come up and there will be questions you ask that we don't have the answers to, but we will find out. Um, So I I just want to reiterate that this, this starts today and this starts with all of us. Um, our job as this group was just to put some legs under this project, to get it up off the ground, and going from here forward, it's all of us together working on this as one church family. Um, we've, we've set up an email alias you see here. It's design at westart.org. Um, so this will hopefully help facilitate the communication with all of us. If you have ideas, concerns, thoughts, uh, whatever, we can communicate and, and keep everything as transparent as possible and, and keep the lines of communication as open as possible. Now, over the past several weeks and several months, uh, I think God's been rattling around some things around in my head, so I'm just going to try to go through these really quickly. 
and uh, hopefully, hopefully they make they make sense as it relates to to this particular project. Uh, one of the main goals and one of the main hopes for this project, because this is not going to be a short term thing that we're going to come up with the solution to today and and be able to implement in a week. This is going to be an ongoing, long-term project that we're going to be working on. And one of our hopes is this team and the eldership is that this can be something that enables us to come together closer as a church family. Um, that's, that's no matter what the outcome, what we decide to do, if we decide to blow up the building and completely start over, or if we decide we just want to put some paint on the front doors and call it a day, Whatever the outcome is, the, the real goal is the relationships in our, our family and bring us closer together. So, uh, I was going to do a quick warm-up exercise, but I'm just going to tell you the answer. Uh, I've been coming here for about 15 years. Uh, not full-time. Full-time I've been here a little over three years, but the first time I, I stepped foot in West Ark was over 15 years ago. Over that time, uh, I've I've seen a lot, um, I've witnessed a lot of change, and have a little bit of a unique perspective than some others. Uh, one thing I have witnessed and, and observed, and I've, I've talked to some other people about this, is this is a church community that is involved in a huge number of mission activities, and it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, not knocking that at all. That, that's great that we do so much, both internally and externally. But I think what I've seen, and I've, I've shared this with other people, and they've, they've reiterated it back to me, that one of the main missions we lack is us, the internal mission of, of growing together, where sometimes we get so focused on helping Externally and getting busy doing all these different types of missions that we kind of forget about us and the, the importance of it is for us to connect with each other and, and establish that, that strength internally. Um, and the reality is without a, a, a strong internal connection and bond between one another, that these great missions that we do outside can quickly become little isolated islands that, that kind of lose their fire and they fade off. And we've already started to see that, where we don't have people stepping up in some of these different missions. And I think a lot of that just become, it, it's, a, it's an internal problem. We need to focus on us internally and, and pay more attention to uh, what we can do to become stronger internally. So hopefully this process can facilitate some of that in things like today where we're going to have breakout sessions and talk together and get to know people. Um, so the stronger we become internally, the greater the good we can do externally. Um, so we need to kind of start back at the basics and, and go from there. So I encourage everyone to, to stay, grab some food, meet some people you may not know, get to know people that you already know a little bit better um, and participate in, in these sessions. Let's hear your input and your thoughts as we dream and plan for the future of our family here at West Art. Thank you, Darren.
On behalf of the, of the elders and the members, I would like to express a thank you to this group of people who have put a whole lot of time and effort into this work. Uh, Thank you. Real quick, let's put it in perspective. The elders have lined out for quite some time that we believe God put us here for a purpose in this physical location right across the street from this campus yes. where we have a tremendous mission outreach opportunity. We also believe that we are God's messengers. We are God's foot shoulders. And if his gospel is going to be spread in this community, it's going to be by us. We believe at the moment, as our cultures have changed, that for us to be effective in those two mission points, that we need to be more friendly, more inviting, more intimate, and more participatory. I really, really want to make this in perspective. We're getting ready to have three sessions talking about what we can do to implement those four words better. That's what this is about. It's not about the remodeling. The remodeling is tools. It is creating an atmosphere that helps us achieve those four goals. Mm -hmm. Remodeling for the sake of remodeling is a waste of our time and money. Remodeling to help us be more effective as God's messengers is worth everything we've got. Amen. That's what this is about. That's what we want your participation in. That's why it's all of us involved together deciding how can we best be God's messengers, spread his gospel in this community, and affect those two mission points. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. We thank you for those who've gone before us who created this building and gave us these resources that we can use to your glory. We thank you for each of these people on this design team and everyone else in this congregation who strives to spread your gospel in this community and to be the Christians that you would have us to be. Please be with us, bless us, help us to do your will in whatever way you see fit. Thank you for the privilege of asking for these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. All right. I've got my mic. Let me, um, let me tell you, what do we do now? Here's what we do now. Um, one, we've got lunch for you. It's been prepared over here in the gym. By the way, during all of this, I'm struck by the thought that, that what this team is doing in leading us is what has constantly been going on here at this church in one form or another. That gym wasn't always here. Some of you remember when it was put there, and look at how we're being blessed by it today. This tech that allows you to see what we're doing, how do you think it got there? It got there by dedicated people who are constantly doing something to build and improve this, as Bob said, for the purpose of sharing the gospel, for being friendly, inviting, intimate, participatory. So you're going to go to that gym that was built by vision long time ago by, by dedication. You're going to pick up a box lunch we've got there for you. You've got two choices. Everybody says, which group are you going to? You only have two choices, okay? It's just that one of them is going on in four different rooms. One of them is going on in three different rooms. But you're going to have two topics to choose from 
One has to do with ways that we can be friendly, intimate, inviting, participatory. And in these sessions, we want to hear from you. Members of the design team will be spread out in the four different rooms where that's presented. Elders will be spread out in the other rooms. They want to hear from you. So here's how you do it. If you start with topic A, then at 1 p.m. you're going to go to the other one. Pick whatever rooms you want. But if you start with topic B, then you're going to go to this one. I have explained this so effectively that there will be no questions on what happens next. And I am convinced of this, and thank you for the technology that makes it possible. Would you all stand up, encourage one another, let's talk it up, okay? And thank these people for what they've done. What? Oh, those handouts are available too. They show you where you've got to go. Let's talk it up.